Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at causeupdate.com and selfishgiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And of course, I'm here with the queen of cause, Ms. Megan Strand. <laughs> I get a new title every week. I love that. No, I call you I the queen don't. of cause all the time because you really are. You know, I'm your king and you're my queen. Oh, dear. And, and the both of us, the both of us reign over this wonderful kingdom we call cause marketing. You know? And we have an important prince from that cause marketing field here today. On the line with us now, <laughs> on the line with us now is Scott Bowden. And Scott, I mean, Megan, we have a real cause marketing superstar. I know. Do you realize that? I mean, Scott Bowden, this- you know how many campaigns he's done, how many big agencies he's worked at, and now he is the man with the longest cause title in the world. He is chief strategy <laughs> officer and executive managing director of corporate and brand purpose at RF Bender in New York City. Hey, Scott, how's it going? Hey, it's good. You know, it's funny, Joe. I thought, uh, Megan, I thought Joe had, sto- Joe had stooped to a new level. When you had said, <laughs> when you had said queen of cause, I actually thought you were introducing me. <laughs> No, no. You, you, you know what it is? Like, see, wow, here's the thing. Joe, I know you said some really bad things that's in the right. past, that's but right. well, well, here's man, the thing, you though. To the lowest. <laughs> but but here's the thing. We've had we've had the mother of cause on. We've had the father of cause on, and Bruce Birch. We've had the godfather of cause marketing on the show, and Phil McCarty. I've always regarded you though as the Oprah of cause marketing. <laughs> well, you know, Phil, Phil and I are about the same age, so if yep. he's the grandfather of cause, maybe I'm the grandmother. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, great. you know, it's funny, too, about my title, Joe, and Megan is, um, I think it's the older you get, the yep. more words get fit in. Absolutely. <laughs> right? I was Absolutely. wondering if that was part of your negotiation when you moved over to RF Bender. Like, you yeah, needed a longer title than your last one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's no longer like account executive. You get to my age, and it's like you know, chief strategy officer, executive managing director, corporate and brand purpose. Yep. And but anyway, it just goes to show how long you've been doing this stuff and how many big programs you've done. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's been a good journey. You guys have been on it too. Yep. Um, and you know, I started my career with with Carol at, at Cone, and that was very uh, you know obviously insightful. I mean, she was a trailblazer and really creating a category at the time and things have changed so much. You know, I had lunch with her today and interestingly enough, you know, just talking about it today and sort of what we do as opposed to when it was first really created many, many years ago when she was really doing a lot. Um, yeah, it's come so far. It's been, it's been an interesting journey. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're probably a little bit more further along than your clients are. So you always got to kind of take step to, you know, a couple steps back for some clients, but, but it's good. You know, I've been proud of, 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 of working in this field as I know you guys have. It's good to come to work every day and do things you like. And, you know, working at agencies always provide you opportunities to work with some of the biggest clients in the world, like P&G and Coca-Cola and, mm-hmm. and others. So, you know, that's, I always say like agencies is great because it's a big playground if you work in this space to actually like, you know, really get to the people that actually could change the world because of their resources and scale. I know I drink Coca-Cola every day, so I'm right there with you. You know, working with well, the brand, uh, you know, on the ground floor, putting together stuff. 
<laughs> well, they're no longer a client, so let me say this. Have you read the news, Joe? You shouldn't be drinking Coca-Cola anymore. <laughs> good idea, good idea. Hey, but you Especially weren't always Diet a, Coke. You weren't always a cosmocrator. No, I actually, interestingly enough, got my, you know, in college, I was um, um, studying to, in journalism, I actually was a TV reporter, um, TV anchor out of out of school. I only did that, you know, for four years, right? I w- went pretty quick, too. I mean, in that industry, it's interesting because you really have to go to these, like, you know, far off places like Pocatello, Idaho, and Sioux Falls, South Dakota to get you, you know, to make it in the world, because you got to start at those small places. And I finally had made it to Boston. And you know, woke up one day and said, I miss the business side of marketing and communication. So I went back, um, you know, into sort of doing communications for corporate and brand. Where did you go after Cone? I went to DeVries in New York. Oh, that's and right. And then went to um, M. Manning, Salvage, and Lee at the time. Then it was M.S. Ampersand L. And then it was M.S.L. Um, so there a lot of brand changes over that eight years that I was there. So this uh, this current position you have with Bender is a new one for you. Well, it is in the sense. It, this is what gets exciting about this. So it is in the sense that what what really made me interested in moving from MSL and over to Bender for a whole host of reasons. I'm sure we're going to get into, but the main one was my role here as chief strategy officer. Right. So what I think. Um, the smart people are starting to realize is that purpose transcends all of the work we do in strategic communications in that, you know, we always should have a purpose mindset when we're trying to help our clients, you know, overcome barriers or get into new markets, reach new consumers. And I think we're just living in a more purpose inspired world today where purpose is things that are really, you know, it's really driving a lot of things. So, what I'm allowed to do here is actually work across our portfolio and our client base across different practice areas and really strategically bringing in a mindset of how purpose can really be a differentiator and how brands show up or how they sort of overcome some of their challenges or reach new audiences. So I'm really excited about that. You know, it's no longer, I believe, a practice off to the sidelines. It actually is, I think, transcending business um, today, and, and it's good to, you know, have someone like Amy Bender who uh, created and started Ars Bender to really think that way. So I'm really excited. It is diff- definitely a different role. I would love for you to talk us through just how you see this agency progression. So it seemed for a while that cause marketing or purpose-focused marketing was sort of like social media. And any agency that was in business was like, oh, yeah, we do cause. Yep. Yeah, we do cause. And except you knew there was really only a very small handful of agencies that actually had any experience with cause. So it seemed for a while like everyone was doing cause. Now it seems like maybe they're paring back on that a little bit and leaving that work to some of the more specialty agencies like RF Bender. What's your what's your take on all of that? Yeah, no, I think that's insightful. You know, I think um, uh, it's interesting because uh, every agency, whether you're an advertising agency, a digital agency, a public relations agency, you know, an in-store agency, I mean, everybody's going to say that they have touched cause marketing in some way, right? And so... But what, what most of them have done is they've touched it on the execution side, right? So if they're an in-store agency, they're actually creating point-of-sale materials around a nonprofit and brand relationship partnership trying to, you know, drive sort of a, a shared value in terms of purchase as well as a donation. And, and yeah, they've all done that. Or if they're PR agencies, they've done the communication around a celebrity that's involved, been involved in an NGO and, 
and um, brand sort of initiative. And so they're doing the celebrity, you know, booking them on the Today Show. And so I think a lot of agencies have touched it, but there only really is a handful of people on the agency side like the Carol Cones um, and others that really understand how to work at the C-suite level and to take purpose um, and to think about purpose really as a way to drive business innovation, way to drive more um, you know, loyalty in the consumer base, really a way to sort of rewire you know, sustainable business practices. Um, so you know, I'd say a lot of them say they've touched it in some way, but there really is only a, a, a you know a, a small handful of people that do it. And, and I do think, I do think there's a lot of you know people like that those people who have left the bigger agencies because the challenge sometimes is um, you know we've been doing this so long and we strategically think about it in very you know specific ways that when big companies um, look to agencies to support their cause marketing, whatever you want to call it, purpose, sustainability initiatives that, you know, they're asking maybe you to do things that may go against what you strategically know is wrong or, um, you know, not being involved in the strategy up front um, can get a little bit frustrating when you're asked to execute it. So I think, you know, there there, there are certainly um, people like me who, who have felt that over the past and you know, the, the the work that we try to find, those who do this more from a strategic standpoint, you know, go to the places where they can do more of that. So, um, I mean, obviously that's one, one thing, but, you know, Megan, I agree. There's some really talented people who have gone off and done, you know, some really good work, whether it's a boutique. So, you know, I think maybe there was always aspirations over the years to go and work at a big agency because then you get to touch the Coca-Colas, the P&Gs, the Pepsis, and, and then I think you learn pretty quickly that, you know, all those agencies are doing are really like writing press releases or doing point of sale mm-hmm. um, work in store. And, and, you know, there's just a there's a small amount of people that are really at the C-suite doing this in a strategic way at the agency side. Yeah. No, I think that's and, you know, I think it's challenging too, Scott. And I, it's only by what I hear, too. Does cause at the big agency level, does it drive enough to the bottom line to make it worthwhile for businesses to do it and for agencies to be involved in it? Or do agencies oftentimes feel the pressure of focusing on more short-term things that would drive uh, revenue faster? Well, I don't think it's a secret that the world has changed so much for marketing communications. And whether it's the advertising or whether it's the social media, the public relations, I mean, agencies aren't really growing like they used to at the top line, right? So if their revenue isn't growing at the top line and they're not, you know, I think, I mean, I don't, don't quote me on this, but, you know, six, seven percent, you know, maybe some of the better ones are growing year after year over year. You know, when it used to be double digits, um, they've got to start to squeeze at the bottom line, right? So what that means is that, you know, here's Scott Bowden that just won, you know, I'm making client X up. That's a global client that reaches, you know, 17 markets around the world. Um, and what, what the challenge at a big agency is the following. So if they're not growing at the top and they're squeezing at the bottom, they're squeezing employees, right? They're not adding 
the right, you know, people that you need to service that business. So you've got to use someone down the hallway that may be, you know, a consumer marketer, um, but doesn't really understand sustainable business practices. Mm. And you've got to put them on the team because they have time because they're not willing, again, squeezing at the bottom, giving more people more to do. And you're not finding the right talent to do that. And then the other challenge is you've got to also at a big agency be able to bring the work to other parts of the world. And then the challenge in most agencies is that their, you know, profit and loss is focused um, at the local or regional level. So those people who run those businesses out there, if they're not growing at the top line, remember, they're trying to grab as much revenue as possible. So the collaboration is really difficult. What you want to do, and most agencies say this, is we want to be client first, client led. So it doesn't matter where the talent is, we want to use the talent to service the client the best. Well, that's not true because that fundamentally goes against, you know, the idea that that the talent you need is actually in Hong Kong and the Hong Kong or or the New York general manager isn't going to allow a Hong Kong employee to do the work if if New York isn't going to get revenue from that time Mm. that they put in. So, you know, I, I think the, you know, the intentions are always right, but I just feel like, you know, because this, this industry has not been growing like it used to, um, there's a really a lot of challenges today for people like me or others who are doing this work to get the right talent in when the business comes, um, to collaborate around the world because everything is global today. I mean, there's just a lot of, a lot of, um, challenges based on sort of this, you know, this fundamental fact that growth isn't what it used to be. Well, speaking of challenges on the client side, what, what sorts of, obstacles do you run into most when you're talking about a strategic purpose focused initiative? Well, I think, you know, bottom line, right? I mean, I think at the end of the day, I would never want to be those inside the companies who are trying to sell their CEOs and their CFOs and others on a purpose platform or purpose initiative. Because I think, you know, I mean, I just, I mean, it sort of goes to the same growth thing, right? I mean, a lot of companies aren't growing like they used to. And so, you know, the challenge is if, if this isn't going to make us money, um, why are we going to do it? And I don't, and I, and I don't agree with that in that I do think purpose and profit are no longer mutually exclusive. And I do think, I mean, look at Unilever and Paul Pullman, right? I mean, yeah. you know, his best performing brands, the growth brands are the ones that are purpose driven. And so, so I think businesses of all sizes and types are really starting to recognize the value of cause and being a legitimate part of the marketing mix. Yeah, and it's really being driven by the millennial generation, as you guys know, because I was on here maybe a couple of years ago at my former agency when we launched a 17-country study on the millennial mindset around purpose. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's clear to us that purpose really is. I mean, listen, over the years, most generations have said, you know, and you guys know the right thing, is if, if sort of a price and quality are equal, they're going to choose the product that's aligned with a purpose, right? So, I mean, we've heard all that, but the millennial generation, when you talk to them, it's more than just that, right? It's, I mean, I think they're just, you know, they're making choices and a lot, they're making choices on product and they're, they're aligning with brands fundamentally because of who they are and stand for in the world, right? So it's not just about slapping on a nonprofit logo, right? And making a choice to buy that X over Y because of that. It's more about does this, you know, does this brand really, you know, sort of stand for what I believe in. Do they have a point of view in the world? Are they, 
you know, are they more than just about making money? And, and, and I think millennials, because they grew up in sort of a transparency age where most information is at their fingertips, it's very easy to find out which brands really align with their values. And so I think it's really being driven by that. You know, it's interesting to me, like most assignments we get these days, I mean, obviously millennials are a huge target. So, I mean, you know, like new business assignments or like opportunities or new projects or clients that we have is, you know, the millennial generation is a key generation, obviously. I mean, they're what? Uh, you know, a lot of them are getting into their mid-30s now. Yeah. They're married, yeah, it's right? like 95 kids. million people alone in this country. Yeah. Exactly. And they're going to be what? I don't know the exact um, percentages, but they're going to make up, I think it's like 90% of the workforce in like in, in, yep. in 10 years. Yep. So, you know, they're, they're a really critical um, consumer or employee audience. And so they're the ones that are really driving this. And I think that that's why you, you've seen the world that you've we've lived in, guys, right? Mm. Um, you know, sort of now become mainstream because the millennial generation is really, I think, um, forcing that. Yeah. No, I think that. How do you, you know, one of the things I wonder too, uh, Scott, at your level, you know, there's all these different things that are floating around about cause marketing in terms of what we call it. And I know it's all different, yeah. but there's sustainability, there's shared value, there's CSR, there's uh, social good, there's purpose mm -hmm. marketing. I mean, you know, one of the challenges I think of our field is in so many ways we are so fragmented. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's interesting. You'd probably get a different answer for the 10 people you would ask because I yep. think everybody has their own point of view. I mean, personally, I think that the words cause marketing and philanthropy, to me, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, right. And here, here's why. Because for me, cause marketing was always a transaction, and it's yes. more than transactional mm -hmm. in terms of sort of brands um, or companies sort of, you know, what they believe in the world. So, I mean, listen, there, it still has a role within what we do. I yep. mean, it's... You know, as you guys know, if you're a nonprofit, cause marketing can generate $25, $30 million in a six-week promotional period. Yeah. So there's a lot of value um, in that. I think from the corporate and brand side, I mean, maybe even from an NGO side, because you're starting to see a lot more nonprofits try to align at the mission level mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, a program level or sort of a transaction like an in-store uh, point of purchase type of type of initiative um philanthropy to me it's interesting i and i won't mention the company but you know when i was at cone i was working with a company um and working with their foundation and specifically focused on areas like you know children's health um mm -hmm. hunger and i met with them actually last year and they're totally focused on sustainable agriculture, supporting mm. farmers. Yep. So you're starting to see that it's less about sort of trying to align with causes that are going to, you know, sort of um, give you a halo. And it's yeah. more about where do we align our investments and in social impact that yep. actually is going to have a direct benefit back on the business. So you know now, based on what I said, that it was a food manufacturer. But, yep. but you see the difference in the shift. And that, when you talked about the journey and how long I've been doing this, I mean, that's what I've fundamentally seen is is uh, it's re getting really exciting. It's getting to the center of the business now and not sort of ancillary. No, I agree, yeah. And there's so much, you know, the cause is really becoming embedded in so many of the different things we do. And, you know, Megan and I, one of the things that we talk about a lot too, Scott, is with nonprofits, it's something they need to be wary of because even from a partnership perspective, a lot of companies are choosing to build their own nonprofits within the business instead of going out and partnering with a nonprofit. Right. 
That's what I was just yeah. going to ask, Scott, is what advice do you have for nonprofits just seeing w- what you see and uh, the progression that you've seen over the years? If you were the head of a nonprofit corporate development program, what would you be doing right now? Uh, such a good question. You know, I've fortunate. Fortunately, I've had the pleasure of being able to do both at the agency side. So, you know, I've had, you know, as, as Joe knows, because he and I have riffed on a, mm-hmm. a few of them that I've worked on, but um, man, I tell you, Megan, I would not want to be a corporate development leader right now at an NGO. They are struggling. They yeah. are so, they are really, I mean, some of them aren't, but, yeah. you know, there's not, for every one Boys and Girls Club of America, there's, you know, six, yep. you know, plug in a failure. Yep. Um, and, you know, and I, and it's, and, and I, I don't think it's any, it's not much different than what we're seeing inside, whether it's an agency or a company. It's really hard to, to, to sort of, you know, turn a moving ship. Right. I mean, they've been doing things for so long a specific way, and it's really hard for them to kind of change their mindset and get a whole culture sort of thinking in the same way. So, you know, recently I've been working with some nonprofits, and um, obviously it's about, you know, what I think a lot of good agencies are doing, like, you know, the, the Good Scouts of the World and others in terms of really getting to more of a mission-based strategy and really selling sort of this purpose mission match. You know, it's not just about supporting our, you know, screening program. It's more about together supporting sort of a purpose in the world and, mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of a point of view around that. So, I mean, that's one thing is really looking, looking at that, um, mm-hmm. looking at those partnerships in a way that's more about um, sort of the mission purpose match. What I'll say from the corporate side, and I think that's probably like some of us who do both bring value to nonprofits because we understand sort of how they're thinking about things in a brand and corporate environment. And, and, um, you know, for me, it's, it's one of the things that company, or the, I think a huge thing companies and brands are trying to do is more stakeholder engagement and nonprofits mm-hmm. are so key in that, right? So as most companies are sort of strategically developing their, their focus areas and where they're going to make their investments and how they're going to, drive more sustainability through their supply chain and sort of the manufacturing process, whatever they're, they're really looking for experts in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking for experts out there. And I think nonprofits have so much to add in that area. Right. So yeah. it may not be thinking about a partnership that is sort of like the old way of doing things where it's, you know, partner with us, you know, um, and get your employees at our walk or partner right. with us and, mm-hmm. you know, do this sort of POS um, initiative in store. It's more about like how can companies and brands find the right nonprofits that are going to help them deliver against sort of their new strategy. So it's just a different mindset. And, yeah. you know, it's more about like, what do I have to offer them? And well, mm-hmm. what I think it's first, you know, what do I understand about that business and what they're trying to do and what are their biggest barriers? Like, what are their biggest issues or materiality issues or things that they're, you know, dealing with? Okay, so it might be water. Like, on Coca-Cola, water is a big issue, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of water organizations that could partner with Coca-Cola on doing great things uh, to conserve water. So, you know, it's kind of like thinking about it that way more Mm -hmm. about, um, you know, sort of, how how businesses are rewiring for a more sustainable future and how can we as an NGO and what we're fighting for actually partner with them to help 
them achieve their goals, but for also for us to achieve ours. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I really encourage my nonprofit clients to, uh, Scott, is in the area of content marketing because, you know, I really think it's important that nonprofits build their brand because I think that's the thing that attracts um, businesses. But businesses are interested in great pieces of content that they can use from nonprofits. But nonprofits really have to raise the bar in terms of the quality that they're producing. Great point. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because they, and they don't really have the resources to be able to provide those kind of assets for brands to want to partner with them on, right, Joe? Yeah, I mean that's the, that's well, that's you know, the biggest, it, it's yeah. in, it's interesting. You take a you take a charity like or a nonprofit, I should say, like Greenpeace, and you know, Greenpeace has basically gone out and created its own newsroom because they realize now with digital tools that they can be the front page of the internet. And, you know, there's certain instances, actually, they have these great examples where they have been upset with a particular company and uh, and they've actually done the, the content work and outranked that company on ranking so that when people brought up that company's <laughs> site, the first thing they saw was the Greenpeace article on what they were doing yeah, wrong. Of course. They're yeah. like anti they're like anti anti corporate partnership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, but, uh, but well, that, I think that no, but it's such a good point, Joe, because I mean, the, let me ask you this question because you're much closer to that side of it. But um, do you have confidence that NGOs today can become the publishers the brands and companies are looking for? Well, I think some because of them. We, I, I think some yeah. of them can. You know, because I think. Yeah. But like you said, it's a mindset. It's you know, it's yeah. that approach that they have where they see the value of what they do, and then. But you know what's really you know I always say this about nonprofits. Nonprofits are the most selfish people you want to meet because all they do is talk about <laughs> themselves, and they yeah. have to get out of themselves and stop yeah. thinking about maybe their specific organization and talk instead about the idea about what they're they're about. So and, Joe, you'll get a kick out Megan. You'll get a kick out of this too. So uh, at my former age. Agency, um, we had a huge nonprofit client and had an initiative in the marketplace that really wasn't working. And um, I, you know, I, the fun thing about what I do is I can kind of walk in a meeting and not worry about like, you know, pissing a client off. Can I say that on the, on the air? <laughs> sure. Um, Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> 2016. <laughs> no, Oprah, can, so, Oprah can do you know, whatever like, she wants. <laughs> <laughs> because you can walk into a room and go, you know, they'll say, oh, yeah, the CSR guy, Scott Bowden, is coming in. And I, you know, and I, anyway, I stood up in front of like, I think there were probably 10 board members from a nonprofit. And I said, let's just start this conversation out by me saying, it's not about you guys anymore. That's right. Oh. Yep. And, and no, I know, right, yeah. Megan? Like that's that's what all the whole, my whole team at my last firm did. That they all crouched in their chairs, and everybody started clapping. Yeah, right. No, that's it. So it, it, you yeah. have to go out and serve your audience. And if yeah. your audience, if you're a nonprofit, you have to think about what your audience is. And companies are part of your audience, and you have to serve them too. And they're you know, having such a hard time wrapping their minds around that. I know. It, it really is a tough concept and stuff. But I really believe they're not going to have much of a choice because I think as causes become more embedded with companies and products and services, they're going to need that type of reputation and content drive to make things happen for them. Well, but I think part of that too is the whole impact piece and nonprofits need to get so much better at measuring and demonstrating impact, which yeah. is such a slippery slope and so yeah. expensive and so hard. So yeah. in addition to the content piece, I agree with you, Joe, the yeah, content right. piece is important. Yeah. And when Scott's talking about embedding into strategy and moving the needle on social impact, I mean, you have to be able to demonstrate that, you know, your dollar is generating some sort of impact. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. I agree, yeah. Megan. Yeah. Has yeah. to be. Yeah. Well, now that we've uh, completely solved the world's problems Absolutely. when it comes to CSR and purpose-driven marketing, Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find out more about you or RF Bender online if they'd like to do that? I'm on Twitter at Scott Bowden, um, rfbender.com, um, or scott.bowden at rfbender.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. And we'll include that in the show notes, as well as the link to the last episode you were on. Absolutely. That was a good one, too. Joe, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me, obviously, on my blog at selfishhaven.com. They can find me minute to minute talking to Scott and Megan on Twitter at Joe Waters. And be sure to check out those 4,000 plus cause marketing pins I have on Pinterest at pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. You can find show notes for today at CauseUpdate.com as well as SelfishGiving.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Cause Talk Radio in iTunes. While you're there, leave us a comment. Let us know if you like the show today. And on behalf of Scott and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you next time.